You are Locked On NBA Draft, your daily podcast on the NBA Draft, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yo, yo, what is up? You are listening to Locked On NBA Draft. This is your host, Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies. And it is September 2nd, which means we are getting closer to the college basketball season. Now, if you've been listening to my last few episodes, you know I've done just a podcast on a lot of the international prospects that I've been watching. But I'm not all international. I do know the American prospects. And today's episode, I want to talk about the race for the number one pick. I still think that the race for the number one pick will come down to three freshmen. Maybe there's an outside chance that Jalen Hardy from the G League Ignite team has a chance to be number one. I don't think anyone from the international class um, will be in the race for number one. Maybe, maybe best case scenario, Yannick Sosa. But for the most part, I think it comes down to three freshmen. But before we get into that, this episode is brought to you by Locked on Thursdays, or Thursdays on Locked on NBA. And the hosts, Jackson Gatlin and Matt Moore, are telling you whose NBA stock is up, who's down. I'm sure there will be a lot of commentary. On Ben Simmons, I thought about doing an episode on Ben Simmons because I was not high on Ben Simmons at all. Coming out in 2016, I have like a whole ridiculous amount of Facebook posts to 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 back that up. I just thought that the way that he left LSU, it just reminded me of a really, really spoiled, enabled kid or, or or player that thinks that he is above what what coaches tell him and so you know if, if you don't remember it goes all the way back to when he was at LSU there was this whole issue about him not wanting to go to class or not going to class and I, I believe the coach wanted him to go to class and he thought like I don't need to go to class what is the purpose of me going to class because I'm going to be the number one pick anyway which to me, I, I just thought it was a sign of character simply because Ben didn't have to go to LSU. I mean, he could have came out as an international player simply because he's he's from Australia. So anyway, that that's a long story. So I'm sure Thursdays on Locked On NBA, they'll discuss the Ben Simmons topic because I, mean, I, I think it's going to be a lot of attention on, on – whether or not he shows up to training camp, whether or not he gets traded. I mean, we're still a few weeks away, but that'll be one of the things that I expect him to talk about. All right, so now let's talk about the three players that I feel have the best opportunity to hear their name called first in the 2022 NBA draft. Like I mentioned, it goes down to, in my opinion, three players. And, and the first player that I want to talk about is Jalen Duran, who committed to Memphis, who, oddly enough, has the opportunity to be the number one pick in the 2022 NBA draft and still may not be the best NBA prospect on his team. That just shows you the talent that we have on, 
or the talent that Penny Hardaway has recruited to Memphis. Duran is 6'10", 245 pounds, only 18 years old. And if you haven't seen what he looks like, I mean, he is the epitome of a man-child. Like he's the guy that if I were coaching AU or high school basketball, I wouldn't say it out loud. I wouldn't report it, but I question. All right, I need to see this kid's birth certificate. I mean, he has an NBA ready body at an early age. I mean, there's guys that work hard in the weight room. There's guys that are in the NBA, have been in the NBA for years and cannot get this type of physique from lifting weights. I mean, he's just a physical specimen. 7'5 wingspan. He's an explosive athlete. Runs the floor in transition. He has shown flashes of a decent touch around the rim. But a lot of his baskets come from bully ball. Scores mostly on dunks. Kind of has an old school low post, low post player feel to his game. He is efficient around the rim. Like I said, um, just plays with good energy, good motor. He dominates largely due to his size and strength and, and physicality. Scores a lot of baskets on offensive rebounds, and he impacts games with, like I said, his size and his hustle. He can be used as a vertical lap threat, and he also shows some flashes as a post-passer. Here are my concerns. Here are why I believe that there's a chance that um, he could go to college and get exposed. All right, number one, like I said, his game is just built off of him being more physically dominant than others. I think at the very minimum, he should be able to just carve out a role as an energy guy and just a huge physical presence. But offensively, even though he does show flashes, in my opinion, he's still a little raw, doesn't really have great post moves. His touch around the rim is inconsistent. I think he has a a tendency to play out of control, just, you know, using his physicality. I don't see many, um, yeah, I just really don't see him displaying any shooting range other than, like, I've seen workout videos where he's knocking down jumpers, but, you know, everybody knocks down jumpers in these workout videos that they show. Um, I remember just a few months ago, Dayron Sharp from North Carolina had all these different pre-draft workout videos where it looked like he increased his range. Not saying he did it, but... That's all we saw was him shooting jumpers, shooting jumpers, and it looked like he had this skill set that he wasn't able to show at North Carolina. And then when he came to Summer League, it looked like the same player we saw at North Carolina. Definitely not a knock, but he he just didn't show the, the shooting touch and the range that we saw in the videos. Now, Duran, again, is only 18 years old, so not saying that he can't add shooting range, but it's one of the things I haven't seen, which... Based off of today's NBA, it's still one of the reasons why I think that he has this old school low post. I mean, yeah, old school low post game without the shooting range. But this is where it can get really interesting. So this year in the EYBL, yes, he played EYBL this summer because he reclassified. He was supposed to be in the 2023 NBA draft, but he reclassified, made himself eligible, going to Memphis freshman this year, but he only shot 33% on post-ups. Like, to me, that's somewhat concerning a little bit, 
But then on the other hand, in the NBA, you're not going to get post-ups. So, you know, it just depends on how you see it. But to me, if you struggle in the post with that physical presence and that size against high school competition, then I imagine that the numbers are probably going to be a little bit worse, maybe, when you go up against college guys that... In, no, in most cases, I would say are just as big and just as strong, but I don't think you're going to find anybody outside of the NBA or top-level league in Europe that can match him as far as like strength and, and physicality. So those are some of my concerns. But also, you can make a case and say, you know, DeAndre Ayton and James Wiseman are fine as, you know, bigs that were drafted high in the draft. And then, you know, I've made a video and I've talked about Alper and Shingun a lot on my podcast on my YouTube channel. Shingun is definitely, definitely a throwback low post center, but he has great touch around the rim, great footwork. He's a natural low post scoring center with moves on top of counter moves. And he was dominant in, in Turkey last year, but he ended up, I mean, he wasn't a top 10 pick. So, Durant is obviously more, I guess, physically gifted as far as, like, you know, the athleticism being a vertical lobster. I mean, I think that's one of the knocks on Shingun was does he have the athleticism to compete. Durant definitely has the advantage there, but he's definitely not as, as skilled around the block as, as Shingun. So, that's one of the reasons why I think that it, it could go against Duran as being the number one pick just because I feel his game is a little old school. He lacks great touch around the rim, and he seems to just dominate off of his physical presence alone. But I still think that at worst case, he's going to be a, a top five pick. And it, honestly, it still be hard to see him fall out of the top three. All right, when we return, I want to talk about Paolo Banchero another man child who's actually going to the University of Duke who I think has an opportunity to be the number one pick but I want to talk to you about sweat block sweat block is doctor created doctor recommended it works for up to seven days per use it gives you a dry shirt guarantee if sweat block doesn't keep you dry you will get your money back it is featured and tested on the Rachel Ray Show by firefighters. It is best-selling on Amazon for the past 10 years with over 13,000 reviews. And it is made and manufactured in the USA. And the cool thing about Sweatblock, it allows you to wear what you want to wear. This is a must-have for everyone's toiletry bag, whether it's a big presentation or a hot date, or if you just sweat a lot. Like, I live in Dallas. I spent a, a few weeks this summer in, in Las Vegas where it is significantly hot and you know I don't like wearing gray shirts but once once I got the sweat block I could wear a gray shirt with confidence so if you're someone that suffers from excessive sweating then sweat block is definitely for you it's a antiperspirant wipe that is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants you simply apply it right at night before you go to bed the next morning, you wake up, wash, and go, and go about your day without having to worry about sweat. Guaranteed. Now, I know this sounds too good to be true, but you literally only have to use sweat block once or twice a week, and it will keep you dry the whole time. 
No more pitting out. No more picking your shirts based off of which one will high sweat better. And if you or someone you love is dealing with this, you have to check out Sweatblock. Get it for 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on. Or you can also find it at Amazon and CVS. All right, does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live and another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. Does it sound like you? Well, if it is you, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It is called Direct TV Stream. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part is there is no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That is directtv.com. Compatible device is required and content varies by package. All right, once again, you're listening to Locked On NBA Draft. This is your host, Raphael from NBA Draft Junkies. Raphael Barlow, to be exact. And the next player that I want to talk about is Paolo Banchero, who is also a, I mean, a ridiculous specimen of a human being to be so young. And Banchero has signed with Duke. He is someone that I've seen a lot of people, especially as of late, have mentioned that they think he could end up as the number one pick. And the reason why so many people are hyped on him is just because he is a... I mean, a versatile offensive weapon. He has a great frame. He's a physical presence. He is listed at 6'9", 235, and has a modern-day NBA game for his size. And, again, he is he's, he's not skinny by any means. He's already, like I said, 235 pounds. He's a good ball handler. He can attack closeouts. When I watched this film in my notes, I labeled him as a face-up monster simply because out of face-ups, he can put the ball on the floor and attack the rim. He can shoot out of face-ups, and he can also pass. So he is a matchup nightmare, especially on the high school level because he's so much bigger and stronger than most of his, oppo- most of his opponents. He's a mid-post shot maker. He's actually pretty good in the low post also, and he just makes shots all over the floor the skill set that I probably like the best is his passing. I think that he has really good passing instincts and vision. He can also knock down threes. And he's a tough read because, again, with his size and strength, he's tough to guard one-on-one. I mean, you put a a, a bigger man on him to, to keep him out of the block, then he can go by him or, or go through him. Like I say he can face up. He can... You know, he can shoot, kind of has a little bit of Carmelo in his game as far as the face-up. Not the first step. He definitely doesn't have, like, prime Melo's first step. But he's very comfortable in the mid-post, which some may feel like that is not efficient in today's game. Uh, But then once you get him in the mid-post and he gets to work down there with his passing vision and instincts, he reads double teams well and he makes plays. Like, I've seen him make cross-court skip passes. I've seen him find cutters. He's someone that is tough to stop and tough to defend because he has so much in his in his skill set and he finds ways to 
to beat teams. He's a good isolation scorer. Also plays some bully ball, and he plays through contact. But another area that I do like, and I mentioned it, I guess it's part of his passing, is that he can make plays out of pick and roll. So he is like the modern day four to where you could use him as a screener and a pick and roll, and then he can make plays in the middle of the floor. Now, the red flags or concerns that I have is one, he's not a very good athlete. He's like a below the rim finisher, doesn't have a great first step. He's not explosive and just kind of lacks the ideal athleticism that you see when guys are projected to go so high in the draft. He also has a tendency to pick up his dribble while he's driving. And I think some of that is because he just doesn't have the first step to really blow by guys. It's more powering through guys. I think it could be a concern and it's one of those things where it could be a concern, but it's also a situation where he's so skilled in so many other areas that it it could end up being a a non-factor. But again, I don't know when, and I'm just thinking off the top of my head, have we seen a guy that is not a great athlete projected to go so high high in the draft um but it'll be interesting to see how he plays at duke i think that he's going to have a strong year he's actually kind of similar to jalen johnson even though jalen johnson is 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 on another level athletically in my opinion but banchero is someone that like i said i've been hearing a lot lately that he could end up being the number one pick in the draft on one hand, I can see it. I definitely think that he has the offensive versatility to to definitely be in consideration. But I think that his red flags, mostly related to his athleticism, are one of the reasons why he could possibly not be number one. But I still don't see him falling past number three. Again, I know it's early. It is only September 2nd. And every year around this time, we have our list of guys who we think are going to be lottery picks. And then by May, it is totally different. I think back to like two years ago, you know, Isaiah Stewart was projected as a top five pick. So was J.D. McDaniels. So were guys like R.J. Hampton. And then those guys ended up falling outside of the lottery. You know, you think about last year. It was Zaire Williams, B.J. Boston. These guys were considered lottery picks. So I know it's still really, really early. And I usually don't like doing like these, you know, just talking about guys and projecting draft range so early. But this is what the people want to hear. And I, and I think that it's, it's kind of good also to see how much uh, stock is put into high school over how they actually play. So I'll, I'll probably end up going back to this podcast a few months down the road. All right. When we return, I'll talk about the player who I think has a clear cut shot to be the number one pick. As of today, I don't see any challenges and I think that he will go number one. But before that, I want to talk to you about Bilt Bar. If you didn't know, Bilt Bar has so many, so many delicious flavors. There's something for everyone when you 
talk to people like myself that are Built Bar fans. We all have different favorites. And if you don't know the Built Bar flavors, you are definitely missing out. There's coconut, there's cherry barcia, there's raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. And my favorite flavor is double chocolate. And it changes and varies from week to week because I'm a big fan of Built Bars. And I'm and I'm saying it because Built Bar is a protein bar, but it tastes just like a candy bar. It's 100% chocolate on all the bars. The flavor that I wish that they brought back was birthday cake. They don't have it now, but it was made with 100% white chocolate. And again, they are a protein bar, but it tastes like a candy bar. And it's healthy. 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories ranging from 130 to 180. Only 4 or 5 grams of sugar. Only 4 or 5 grams net carbs. It is amazing flavors. They're all tasty. They're all healthy. Order today and get your grasshopper cookie or your raspberry or whatever you like. And Built Bar was the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Well, I shouldn't say was. I guess it still is. But go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED, and you get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 15% off at Built.com. All right, it is that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football. As teams are preparing to get back on the gridiron to start their football season, I'm from Nebraska, and I'm a Nebraska football fan. Well, kind of. I gave up on Nebraska football a few years ago. But I know maybe 10, 15 years ago, this would have been like the most exciting time of year because in Nebraska, all we have is football and we're not good right now. But as always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props and contests, including online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's, the world's, the world's largest two hundred thousand NFL $200,000 NFL survivor contest open now at bet online head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus be sure to take advantage of all their opening day super promos make a bet on the Thursday which is September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers how weird does that sound Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys and if you lose your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using the promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, from football to basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Do not wait and please take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is your online sports book experts and the promo code is locked on. All right. Now, it is the player who I think as of today, September 2nd is a no-brainer to go number 1. I'm somewhat amazed that there's other guys that are even in consideration. Because I think that Chet Holmgren is head and shoulders above the other prospects in this draft class. I mean, Holmgren is, I don't like using the word, and it's been used a lot lately in the past few years. 
But if there is a guy that fits the bill of being labeled a unicorn, it is Chet Holmgren. I mean, he's agile. He's coordinated. He's a good athlete. He's very skilled. I mean, he has shooting touch. He cannot. He can play a role as a three-point sniper. He also can dribble, pass, and shoot. He can put the ball on the floor, attack closeouts. He can be used as a pick-and-pop threat. I think that he's a good passer. And I forgot to mention, he is seven feet tall. So he's like a seven-foot wing, like a legitimate seven-foot wing, which is why I think that in some cases, best-case scenario, once he reaches his peak and, and bulks up, he could play the three, the four, and maybe even the five. I think he's that good. He runs the floor in transition. He has some grit to his game. He, even though he's super skinny, like super skinny. I mean, that's that's the, the biggest area of concern is if his frame can put on weight. But what I like about him is that he is tough. Like he plays tough despite only being 190 pounds. He throws his skinny frame around and one of the the... I guess terms that I use when I when I write down my scouting notes is skinny tough. And I think about guys like like Brandon Ingram was someone that I labeled skinny tough. Not afraid to throw his body around despite being, you know, super skinny, not having a great frame. But that is Holmgren. I mean he like I say he plays hard. He's a shot blocker. He's a really good shot blocker. And I think that he also has the upside to be like this pull-up shot maker off dribble and again we're talking about someone that is seven foot so when i label him a unicorn i'm I'm thinking like best case scenario he is this inside outside threat mostly outside due to his frame but a guy that shoots threes at a high rate puts the ball on the floor finds cutters can elevate over the top of defenders off the dribble but also protect the rim and when I think of Holmgren, he, in my opinion, is the perfect, the ideal complimentary player for a guy like Zion Williamson. I've been on the record of saying Zion, in my opinion, is tough to build around because Zion is a five on the offensive end of the floor. He's a guy that, again, in my opinion, he's already putting up ridiculous numbers at you know, early stage in his career, but I feel like the best complimentary piece for Zion is a is a player that can stretch the floor, that can also protect the rim and rebound. And that is Chet Holmgren. I mean, I don't know if New Orleans will be bad enough to put themselves in position for Chet, but Chet would be someone that like I said, I think would just be a perfect complimentary piece to Zion. If you have Zion on the block and you give him spacing and Zion's a pretty good passer himself, but, you know, he would just have a free reign in the paint to be even more dominant. And it would, you know, a guy like Chet with Ingram on the ring, on the wings, makes it tough to difficult, makes it tough and difficult to double. But then Chet could protect the paint and rebound. So I'm getting way ahead of myself in this wishful thinking, but I would love to see a Holmgren Williamson front court. Now the Knox or the concerns is he's really skinny, like I mentioned. And his frame doesn't look like it can put on a lot of weight. And that's concerning. So he may struggle with physicality. I mean, you know, he's he's even lighter than Evan Mobley. Off the top of my head, I think Evan Mobley was 215. 
and Chet is like one, he, he's listed at 190. So that could be a concern. So I think that early in his career, he's going to have to definitely play on the wing, which that, that can be pretty intriguing also because he could be a, a, a solid wing defender, just depending on, you know, I mean, I guess fit and, and so on. But I'm high on Holmgren. I don't think it's close as of today. But then on the other hand, I wonder like if there's a a matchup where he faces Duran or or Pablo or Pilo, I'm sorry, Banchero, how would he fare? I mean, I think that he may struggle with those guys because they're so physical. I mean, they're polar opposites. We're talking about one, we're talking about two guys that are just physical specimens and then we're talking about another guy that even though he tries to play physical with his frame, it just, I mean, he's given up 40 to almost 50 pounds against those guys. But I still think that Holmgren is a, a no-brainer, in my opinion, for the number one pick. All right, well, that wraps up today's episode. You can get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Once again, thanks for listening. This is Raphael Barlow with NBA Draft Junkies. You're listening to Locked On NBA Draft. And I'm out.